Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 134th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm doing great Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, have you have you checked that, that bracket challenge group? Oh, uh, lately? Yes, I have. And I bet there's a really specific reason you're bringing that up right now, huh? Oh, I haven't checked it. How's it looking? Oh, <laughs> pretty good. I um, think I'm winning. Oh, okay, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, I can't win it forever, except I am winning. And there's very few left that can take the top spot from me. It definitely can happen. And one of those people is producer Cameron. What, what do you need to happen to win this? You need Baylor to win. Yeah, if Baylor wins it all, that's my only chance. And I don't know for sure that that'll get me the win, but... How, c- how could we let this happen is what I want to know. You sh- you're asking the listeners, I assume? I'm asking myself. I'm asking the listeners. How did we How did we let Cameron run away with this thing potentially again? I still, I still need Gonzaga to come through for me. Which it's looking like they are going to definitely do that. They look really, really good at basketball. Um, I'm just looking at, yeah, Baylor, Baylor winning is, is the only shot the group has basically. I have to send you another Mm -hmm. shirt. If, if Gonzaga wins this game, their next game, I can't win. Oof. I, I'm not going to crunch the numbers too much. I don't, I, I kind of want to be surprised if it comes down to the uh, championship game, that'll be fun. If it's Gonzaga Baylor, the group. Uh, champion comes down to that. That'll be a good game. Man, if Houston Houston just takes care of business, though, I'll be sitting pretty. I think. If it's Gonzaga Baylor, Baylor, I can't win. So that stinks. Uh, we're back, folks, from vacation. We had a nice time. We uh, enjoyed the mountains of Colorado, and we uh, watched some basketball. Um, if you missed. Our last episode is right after Mizzou lost to Oklahoma. Hopefully uh, you've moved on from that, so maybe you needed a little bit of time before you revisited that game. That's there for you if you want to listen to our immediate reaction after watching the game together. Um, were there any big games, that w- any, uh, any big moments from the NCAA tournament so far that you want to talk about? UCLA is making this crazy run. Yeah, Oregon like, State, UCLA, both like doing the impossible uh ucla you think they have enough final fours they could they don't need to just grab one when they're an 11 seed heck of a job by mick cronin in his first yeah. season surprising i think yeah um the ucla game versus alabama was really good where uh, alabama made a last second three to tie the game to send it to overtime and they did literally nothing in overtime and lost but that was still a very exciting finish to regulation I don't know. I feel like there hasn't really been any crazy buzzer beaters. Like there, I feel like the, the beginning of the tournament was definitely the best. It seemed like with some big upsets and some big moments. But Abilene Christian doing work for me. The system. The system lived on through Abilene Christian and Houston to some extent. I still can't get over. We talked about it uh, two episodes ago, but I still can't get over Loyola getting matched up with Illinois in the second round. Yeah, that was awful for both teams, and we we said that when we were filling out our brackets, that that was just unfortunate seeding. And then for them to go and lose to Oregon State was just... (laughs) So weird how, uh, I mean, Oregon State season 
it was just so pedestrian Mm -hmm. i mean they were i don't know they were they were picked last in the preseason in the pac-12 yeah the pac-12 has had an amazing showing in the tournament i don't think anybody saw that coming uh usc was another one of my system teams that did well for me yeah uh but should be a good final four i think uh UCLA's run will probably come to an end here against Gonzaga. Yes, I believe so. All right. So um, the other thing that's been happening this past week is everybody's transferring transferring from everywhere. Um, there's over 1,000 Division One basketball players in the transfer portal, and there's like a little over 300 Division One basketball teams. So. <laughs> We've reached the point, I think, where there's like three transfers per team. Pretty much. And uh, Mizzou is going to have to grab some transfers because we've had some players leave. Um, I think we're just going to basically go right down through the roster, talk about who's leaving, who's returning, uh, the incoming freshman, incoming transfer that we've added already, and then some possible transfer additions that everybody should keep their eye out on, eye out for. Uh, before we get all into that though don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel Uh, you can go there to watch a video version of the podcast also if you want some perks for listening and watching check out our patreon page patreon.com slash missouri sports pod kyle we always knew that uh, mizzou would be needing to replace the senior class and then it was announced that actually they could come back for another season if they wanted to and um but we kind of thought we were going to need to be replacing them no matter what Mm -hmm. it just didn't really make the most sense you could make arguments for a few guys uh, that it might make sense for them to come back Um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen in fact uh, Conzo Martin did an interesting thing and he came out publicly and said that he wouldn't really take any of the seniors back if they basically just came to him and said hey we just I just want to play basketball another year he said they would need to have some kind of a goal outside of basketball that staying in school another year, um, you know, helped them accomplish that goal. Um, I got to be honest with you, I don't really understand that. Um, is is he also going to not take a transfer that is playing an additional year when they would have otherwise used up their eligibility? It doesn't. It seems like he would be open to that type of transfer. Yeah, just because say? they're potentially uh, making their career better or something. Yeah. There, I I don't really know, and I don't know. I mean, if a player said, "I want to return because I think it helps my maybe my uh, professional prospects," maybe is that a is that a reason? I don't know. Illegitimate. Yeah, I I'm with you. I I don't. I thought that was a weird comment at the time. Um, and I, I think he just loves that, like, and i not saying that he's not this person because I do think he's a, he's a very wise person and very a very good role model for, for the guys and everything. But sometimes I just wonder if he just really loves leaning into that uh, as that much persona, as humanly possible. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I just don't think he'll be able to remain consistent with that. I mean, if that's the reason for not – accepting a player back for a fifth season then is he just pretending like the covid additional year of eligibility isn't happening for anybody because why would you block the seniors from doing that and not the 
Are you going to let uh, underclassmen play an additional year down the line? Because they'll be allowed to. They have another year of eligibility. And it just seems weird. Maybe he's just like getting in front of this because he knows he wants the eligibility on his team to be more normal, uh, for lack of a better word. And maybe he's just trying to get ahead of it because he knows he doesn't want to deal with any of that. Yeah. I also felt like it may have been possible that he just, I don't know, that we might be overreacting to that comment a little bit because I thought it was possible maybe that if these guys want to come back for another year, they just think of another reason and right. it's not that big of a deal and console yeah. lets them come back yeah. as long as it's not I like I want to play another basketball season because it's fun yeah so I don't know like how not much he's really up life yet. enforcing that but I did think that was kind of an interesting interesting comment yeah well uh, Drew Smith Jeremiah Tillman Mitchell Smith and Drew Bugs all graduated and it doesn't appear as of yet that they will be exercising their option to play another season uh, they, we haven't actually heard definitively from any of them, but yeah, um, we would probably know by now if that was going to be the case. Um, we do know that Mark Smith is going to play another season, but it will not be for Missouri. It will actually be for Kansas State. So that was interesting. Um, the first thing that came out on that was that he was entering the transfer portal, which tells you he intends to play basketball another season and pretty quickly yeah. landed at Kansas State. Yeah. If he was going to use up that year at Missouri, then uh, he wouldn't need to enter the transfer portal. It would just be, I'm coming back. So he's going to uh, Kansas, uh, Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State. Um, and So did he just not have a good enough reason to come back, or did he really want to just leave? Well, it makes you wonder, and it makes me, that that's just a very curious thing. He, he has said publicly that he has no ill will towards Mizzou or the coaches. He um, is still a fan of Conzo and everything uh, his entire time at Missouri so maybe I don't know that this whole offseason is just going to be a little bit of a mystery as far as all the motivations of everybody because there's so many players that are going to have new landing spots and it just makes you wonder who was guiding what decisions along the way yeah, I really did think that we would have at least somebody come back. I thought Drew Bugs might be a good candidate to come back, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, after seeing the caliber of players that are available out there, I'm not sure it's going to sound really negative, but I'm not sure that we want Bugs to come back, at least from a basketball performance standpoint. It seems like there are upgrades available. And maybe that's what, maybe that's the main thing that is going into Conzo's thinking in this period is just like well if there's all these excellent players coming available um maybe we've already have ties with some of them we already have relationships with some of them and he basically took that group he has to think that he took that group as far as they could go um this past season and you know wanting to just have another retread team um that was a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. Maybe that's not too appealing. Maybe it's more appealing to just get a bunch of fresh faces in. And at some point, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's just so interesting because the fans on one hand um, probably would love to have Drew Smith and Jeremiah Tillman um, and even Mark Smith to some extent back just for that continuity. But 
that's the same players that kind of let if if you're the fan that wants them back are you okay with you know being an NCAA NCAA tournament bubble team again and what is that better than not making the tournament and then having a two or three year process to get back up to that point again I don't know yeah I honestly from a fan standpoint I'm perfectly fine with the situation we're in right now um I think we always knew that we might run into a little bit of a reset year uh, maybe not quite to this extent as far as a roster turnover goes, but I think it's, it's I think it's exciting. Yeah. Um, and kind of like you just said, I mean, I pre- I'm pr- I feel like we went about as far as we could over with, the, with these guys. If if Drew Smith wanted to come back, would I say would I be happy? Sure, absolutely. As he and Jeremiah Tillman are probably the only two I'd be really excited about wanting to come back as far as the seniors. But I think it's just I think it's exciting to. Uh, have a shot at all these talented players on the transfer portal. And I think that we will land some, some good, really good players. And we already have. And I think uh, that just makes for a really interesting upcoming season with so many fresh faces. So outside of the seniors, we have four other players that will not be returning to Missouri. Uh, most noteworthy Xavier Pinson. Um, he, there was uh, some chatter that he might be, transferring last season uh, we thought maybe that he was done at Mizzou earlier than this already and he had kind of an up and down uh, junior season and had some really high highs but just games where he just didn't show up and he seemed like he was in Conzo's doghouse often um, so he is transferring and reportedly has already heard from Auburn as a potential suitor and that I just I hope he doesn't. Arkansas too, I think. Uh, yeah, Arkansas. Hopefully he – Arkansas is a given. They literally reach out to every single transfer that comes available. Um, but I hope he does not end up in the SEC. I just – I don't know. I don't want to play against former players. <laughs> I know. That's weird. Um, yeah, this was kind of expected. I thought that he would either transfer or move on to some kind of professional in league or something like that. Yeah. Uh, especially with how much turnover there was on the rest of the roster. He probably thought, well, I'll give it one more, one last hurrah, because it sounded like you said, it sounded like he considered leaving last year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- think about how many possessions um, started and, and ended with, with Penson and how big of a part he was of this team. I mean, that's just, what, for good or for bad, that's just uh, a lot of usage that mm-hmm. is going to be gone um, next season. So, uh, I I hate to see him go, obviously. I mean, he was a great player at times, but I also think that just his up-and-down nature was really just starting maybe to rub the team the wrong way, and obviously Conzo had some issues with him, and uh, we, we won't know the full extent of those, but you know, we, you've, you've probably read things online, like Conzo and, and Xavier Penson did not really get along probably very well all the time, and it may be possible that... Um, Xavier Pinson could really benefit from this transfer and Mizzou could really benefit from him transferring as well. Yeah. You don't get that often. Um, yeah. I mean, his, he became a defensive liability at times this past season. And I think that's what caused him to end up on the bench more so than just like mistakes, like turnovers and stuff. I think it was, uh, on the defensive side, mostly. Um, we also got news that Parker Brown was tran- is transferring. Um, another player that there was kind of rumors and rumblings about maybe him transferring last season, but he came back for another year. Now he's transferring. Uh, also, Ed Chang, who never saw the floor for the Tigers, is transferring. And then most recently, 
and maybe a little bit more of a surprise Torrance Watson is transferring. Yeah, I mean, if there's a trend with all four of these guys, um, it's that they didn't play great defense, and you, you you saw flashes out of all of them. You could you can find positives in any saw of them. Saw a lot of flashes out of Ed Chang in particular. Okay, maybe I was <laughs> excluding Ed Chang from that, um, but you, with Torrance Watson, with Xavier Pinson, at Parker Brown, all three of those guys. I mean, they had they they showed flashes, uh, obviously some more than others, but. Uh, none of those three guys played very good defense, and that's probably right there not going to fly on Conzo team on Conzo's team. But if I mean each one of them, no. To your point, if Penson is the guy that's getting to the rim, getting fouled, making his free throws, making three pointers, if Watson is the guy that we saw make eight threes um, two seasons ago in Mizzou Arena, if uh, Parker Brown is knocking down threes and you know dunking the ball everywhere, then and if they're just being really efficient on offense, then you can deal with a little bit of uh, lacking defensive play, but mm-hmm. they just didn't bring the consistency on offense yeah. or the defense was just so bad that you just couldn't do anything. So if they if they could have just elevated one aspect of the game a little bit more, mm-hmm. then I think we would have wanted them to stay quite a bit more. Yeah. So there's been some from the usual suspects on twitter there's been some weeping and gnashing of teeth like over some of these transfers i personally don't really get it um because well first of all i'll i'll withhold judgment until the roster's complete and if i if i'm not happy with where we are after we've added three or four transfers then maybe i'll be right there with you criticizing but (laughs) keep going (laughs) at this point um, at this point, I, I, I don't think I want to criticize Kondo because the, the players that are in the transfer portal right now really just didn't move the needle that much, if I'm being honest, and especially Ed Chang. And I really do think that uh, w- w- it's very possible we could upgrade <laughs> in every position. Uh, yeah, add Ed Chang to the list of players that basically didn't play at all at Mizzou under Kondo and then transferred out. Um, we, and some of them have been in uh, the news recently at, because they're re-entering the transfer portal. Um, I'm thinking of C.J. Roberts, who almost was going to be, I, I think I have the teams right, he was almost going to be a teammate with Mario McKinney at New Mexico State, but now he's transferring. Yeah, I think that's where he was, I think. And he didn't play. Uh, he redshirted his first season. Conzo's uh, first season. Then uh, Christian Guess transferred maybe twice, but he ended up at Samford, and now he's entered the transfer portal after, I think, only playing 10 games but averaging like 15 points and 10 rebounds Yeah, as a guard. So um, I don't it, know. If you I, see those names come back <laughs> up, it's just really interesting. If I am going to criticize Conzo right now, I think that it would be uh, some of those like questionable like last-minute um additions where we use a scholarship on a guy that's like you can just never quite see a a legitimate path to playing time for that for that person and i mean who i literally who am the who's the tall guy i can't even remember his name anymore oh Um, yeah axel congo axel congo like i would say most of those additions i'm just kind of scratching my head like okay i guess i'll just trust konzo here and it doesn't work out yeah in my mind like what's the conversation even like like I, for if they're bringing him on and like Conzo knows the guy's not going to play, what's he selling them on? Like a three-year vision, a four-year vision? Does he know he's not going to play though? That's the weird thing. It's like does Conzo didn't think they're going to play? 
if he did even for a minute you'd think that they would actually play at some point then maybe he just changes his mind after they get there and he sees they can't play but he should know that like we know that yeah so why wouldn't Conzo? and if if he doesn't to your point and what is he telling them right what's the pitch i have no idea <laughs> like hey come be a part of a power five program and yeah. play on the practice squad and then against Mark Smith. and then we'll help you transfer to another place that's a better surely fit. that's not the conversation no, but it can't be maybe there's a market for that i don't know yeah but if i'm gonna criticize Conzo at all right now that's there have been some questionable late additions that none of them have worked out at all yeah and yeah and it seemed obvious every time that it probably wasn't going to yeah all right so who do we have returning we have three players returning we have javon pickett kobe brown and jordan wilmore yikes and uh pickett you know him you love him uh he he's not going anywhere yeah he he seems like conzo's guy through and through um might as well be his son right uh kobe brown probably uh if you're assuming I mean, even if Pinson comes back, maybe Kobe Brown is your best player next year, at least most consistent. Of the returning players, yeah. 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 Um, I, I'm saying maybe even if Pinson comes back, I mean, I guess they would be like the dynamic duo, but um, he showed this year at times he was the best player on the floor for Missouri. Yeah. So happy to have him back. And then Jordan Wilmore is a bit of a question mark. We didn't see him play very much. Um, he it's i think he's a guy that a lot of people assumed was going to transfer just in the same vein as ed chang uh christian guest axel congo type of player that maybe didn't fit and um didn't play and then was going to move on but as far as we can tell he will be back next season and actually um not to get too personal with it but it's information out there his uh mother i believe is who it is on twitter has been saying that he's coming back uh this is a couple weeks old now but she was on twitter saying that he's going to be back and that it was always the plan for him to just kind of learn uh behind jeremiah tillman this season which makes perfect sense i mean fine that's uh happens all the time um so hopefully and, and even going back to his recruitment there were rumors that mizzou you know potentially uh, was tired of waiting on a couple other guys that they had offered in his class, and then he was ready to commit, and they kind of had them about even. I'm thinking of, like, Davian Bradford. Um, they had them about even on their rankings, and they said, okay, if you're ready to commit, then we'll take you. So, and Bradford ended up having a pretty nice season at Kansas State. Yeah. So, uh, a Pretty bad Kansas State team. Yeah. So they had to kind of figure out what they had for the future. But, yeah, he had some good moments. Um can't say that about Wilmore, Wilmore, but he didn't really get an opportunity. He He's tall. Yeah, and he'll have every opportunity to show that he can play next year. I mean, if he has something to prove, then uh, he'll have all the minutes he wants. So those three guys are returning. Three players There's returning. There's the roster for you. Three scholarship players returning. We have five incoming freshmen, five new faces that have not played a minute in college basketball yet uh we already know about them to some extent sean dura gordon who has been uh, practic- practicing with the team since uh the semester mark this past season um from springfield anton brookshire and trevon brazil from kickapoo 
uh, from DeSmet in St. Louis, Yaya Kita, who actually had to sit out his senior year of high school with an ACL injury. And then Kobe Brown's brother, also obviously from Alabama, Caleb Brown, who may be the most intriguing player in this freshman class. Um, we don't necessarily have to talk about each one of these guys, but they it's a pretty balanced class as far as like positionally and um, size goes. It just seems like it makes sense for a group of five. Um, none of them jump off the page as like a top 100 recruit. I thought that maybe Brookshire would climb the rankings a little bit more with COVID. Maybe the exposure wasn't quite there, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's just a little bit undersized, but he definitely can put up the points. Um, out of those five guys, if only one of them starts next year, who would you? Who do you think it would be? Um, if only one, it's got to be Dura Gordon, I think. Um, and I, I forget his measurables exactly, but I think he's kind of touted as being a potential like lockdown defender day one. So. There you go. That plays, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. I think he's probably, what, 6'6", six, six, yeah. like kind of a wing. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking... Um, if he can play a little bit of the two, if he can score a little bit and guard twos, then I think there's room for him yeah. easily. I think Anton is definitely the uh, most polished scorer, but I think you're exactly right about Dura Gordon. If he's a lockdown defender, then he's going he's gonna to get minutes Yeah. on this team. And potentially Brookshire, I mean... If I'm being honest, I hope Brookshire is being recruited over right now in the transfer market. Yeah. Because we need a more established college point guard to come in and run the show. And Brookshire, I kind of want him to be able to play off the ball more to score and not have to worry about setting up his teammates as much. Yeah. Good segue. Amari Davis. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> uh, you're ready to talk about him, though? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we have one incoming transfer so far, and he's not exactly a point guard. Is he a point guard? I don't think so. Um, his uh, stats are kind of confusing as far as he, he's kind of a unique player when it comes to modern basketball and something that Missouri hasn't really had in a little bit. In a little bit. Uh, he's a transfer from Green Bay. He's 6'3" guard he had uh he scored 17 points per game as a sophomore this past season and most of that came from the mid-range so um he wasn't the most efficient scorer and that maybe is cause for concern because efficient scoring is what missouri desperately needs at every single position Mm -hmm. um but i think 17 points per game um if he can if he can provide an avenue for scoring, I don't really care if it's at the rim, three-point line, or mid-range. If he can put the ball in the basket, we're good. Yeah, I mean, he literally did not make a three-point shot his freshman year at Green Bay. And then his his sophomore year, I think he shot um, quite a bit more threes and was a, a little bit better from three. But you're exactly right. I've watched quite a bit of film on this guy. And uh, I do think he really developed from his freshman to his sophomore year. But... Uh, I mean, he really did almost all his scoring on on mid-range jumpers, and I feel like he didn't even really get to the rim a whole lot. It was literally just mid-range jumpers from kind of all over. And, uh, I mean, 17 points per game is still 17 points per game, so he was somewhat consistently making mid-range jumpers. So I guess that's definitely not 
what I would love to see out of anybody on Missouri's team, but I guess if you're making shots, you're making shots. I'm definitely kind of I've fallen in love with the uh, you're at the rim or you're three, shooting a three pointer. It's the kind of offense I want to see at least. The, but the analytics agree with you. But if you're if you can make it, then then shoot it, I guess. Uh, Missouri got beat a couple times by teams just making mid-range jumpers, and uh, there was a few close games that Missouri won that sh- wouldn't have been close except for the other team was uh, knocking down long twos randomly. Yeah, that's so pretty frustrating nice. way yeah. to lose. <laughs> it might be nice to be on the other end of that. Uh, looking at his past, most recent season in Green Bay, he had a 35-point game um, where he was 13 of 21 from two. Wow. He only shot seven free throws in a 35-point outing. Um, he only shot double-digit free throws once all season, but he was a double-digit scorer in, looks like, 80% of his games last season. Yeah, I mean, That's ideally, you definitely would like to pair Amari Davis with a with a three-point shooter um, because, I don't know. Or three. I definitely, yeah, I definitely don't think we want to rely on davis to be our primary scorer when you were watching this film did it look like there was something goofy in his shot where it wouldn't translate to three pointer with three point land or he's left-handed okay but that's kind of goofy <laughs> <laughs> but uh no not really i mean he i don't know his, his shot's kind of interesting like a lot of uh i don't know a lot of his shots he wasn't set really but it was just going in anyway but then again i was watching highlights so mm-hmm. everything's going in yeah but uh i don't know yeah, he shot uh, 46% from two this past season, 28% from three on 82 attempts. So if he can just uh, get in the gym and practice his three-point shooting and maybe get that up to like 33% yeah. on 80 attempts and can still convert from two. He's, he had a 101 offensive rating, played 86% of available minutes, though. Um, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, he was clearly the most important player on the team for green bay uh, and it does seem like he definitely made an effort to improve his three-point shot and and shoot more of them uh his second year so maybe he'll continue to do that and he looks like a solid defensive player uh didn't commit a lot of fouls um but had a high steal percentage so that probably stood out to konzo that sounds great staff <laughs> yeah not fouling is yeah. good um also had a high usage rate and uh very little of that was from turnovers he was the number three player in his conference in lowest turnover rate that's pretty good okay so now we're at the point kyle where this coaching staff has to they don't have to i keep saying they have to but they have four open spots to fill uh do you think they they fill all four uh i think it just depends on who they get here but I was kind of telling you before we started recording, I think if they go out and just kind of get three of their top options here, maybe they don't add a fourth. If they kind of feel like they fill up on immediate needs. Um, I don't know if you filled that last scholarship, but um, knowing how things typically go for Mizzou, I think they'll probably fill all four of them. So let's start with the what I'll call the fan favorites. It's a couple names that we've heard a million times, and I'm going to say it right now, they're, neither one are going to end up at Mizzou, but uh, it's worth considering and talking about. And those names are Cam Fletcher and Caleb Love. Um, Cam Fletcher announced he's transferring from Kentucky. 
Um, I don't want to uh, be too down on the kid, but I mean, how surprising is this? Zero percent surprising. Um, He was recruited over in his class at Kentucky. And he could play multiple positions, and he was recruited over in both positions, sometimes two guys ahead of him. So, um, but uh, his teammate at Vachon, Mario McKinney, came to Mizzou not knowing what the, not having looked at what the depth chart looked like ahead of him. So maybe he did the same thing going to Kentucky. Uh, He announced his uh, departure and there was a sense around the Mizzou community that probably Missouri wasn't interested. I did find it interesting that Cam Fletcher mentioned Missouri in an interview and then also posted an Instagram post of him uh, when he was with Vachon, or no, it was uh, with Kentucky when they came to Mizzou Arena. He posted a picture of himself on uh, the court with the with Tiger like, logo. Clearly the Mizzou logo in the background. Yeah. yeah. Why all of that, I don't know, but uh, it really doesn't seem like Mizzou is interested. Um, there are plenty of other Power 5 schools that do seem interested that he's talked about hearing from. Um, Florida State is a very successful program in particular that he said reached out to him. I feel like Florida State's roster is just full of guys like him anyway. Yeah. Just the really long guys that are, can play multiple positions. Yeah. He seems like a match for Florida State personally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, wherever he goes, he's just going to have to be okay with not playing immediately. And he still has four years of eligibility. That's yeah. that's the thing with all these transfers and this, um, you know, eligibility mess that COVID created. Um, it's good that players aren't getting punished for this virus messing up their season but uh it just makes a lot of things interesting when it comes to recruiting and transfers obviously uh so he's got four years of eligibility um then we also have caleb love you're putting it at a what percent that caleb love ends up at missouri caleb love uh five percent and cam fletcher zero percent really okay i would probably put cam fletcher at like a 15% okay. and a Caleb Love at like a 5%. Okay. I would say, yeah, both both these guys are not probably ending up at Mizzou, but I still feel like Cam Fletcher has not said, I am going to this university next year like yeah. Caleb Love has. But True. Yeah, but his coach just retired, yeah. and, I, and we don't think it's an April Fool's joke. We're not sure <laughs> still, but... Oh, I was going to do an April Fool's joke, and I forgot. Oh, wow. I'm so Shame. glad you forgot. <laughs> So Caleb Love, uh, supposedly it came down to North Carolina and Mizzou and his original recruitment. Uh, he said that the coach that he had the best relationship with was Conzo Martin. Wow, doesn't that make us feel good as Mizzou fans? Love that. Uh, but he went to North Carolina anyway and had one of the most inefficient scoring seasons of any player ever, ever. Like of his caliber. Yes. Uh, with his like a, usage. As a five-star freshman. Yeah. Yes and that's too bad um <laughs> i mean he wasn't terrible but yes, he wasn't he was terrible inefficient. but he his shooting percentages were i would call them terrible but he did enough and uh north carolina and he's a freshman point guard yeah. so that's a lot of that happens he just happened to be on the lower end of that um he posted a, it was there was rumors you know maybe he was uh, wanting out of north carolina but then he posted a video uh, a week ago or so um 
basically, and he made a statement saying that he was coming back mm-hmm. for his sophomore season. But it seems like he didn't know that Roy Williams was going to retire because he posted something to the effect that he was surprised by the decision. And, uh, yeah, so now he doesn't know who his coach is going to be. Could he and, go back on that? Like, Oh, absolutely. That'd be weird, but I guess when, he had when, no idea. Yeah, when your coach leaves for any reason, like – everything's back Everything on the table changed, yeah. yeah so i don't know i I'd i still be, i mean i would be thrilled if he wanted to come to Missouri. absolutely no i i think you know maybe i sound down on him because he kind of struggled a little bit his freshman season but i think he's incredibly talented and um he was just asked to do a lot as a yeah. freshman point guard that's really tough to do transitioning from high school basketball to the acc is not easy oh yeah and so him having another offseason to get ready for college ball and knowing what he's getting into a little bit better for a sophomore season, I would absolutely love to see him come be the point guard at Missouri. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be awesome if it did. Uh, so, yeah, I put that uh, combined 5% <laughs> on those two players, but I would take either one of them. You Would you take Cam Fletcher? No. You wouldn't? I don't think I would. Okay, interesting. Four years of eligibility. Uh, yeah. Or after three years, Conzo might be like, "Well, son, do you have a good reason for using that fourth year?" <laughs> you're probably you're probably right. I I just think uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know Cam Fletcher personally. I haven't seen him play in like a year. I have no idea. Yeah. I I think that there's probably better options out there, but I mean, you, maybe you don't scoff at a four star talent from your home state either. I yeah. I don't know. He, he hasn't listed St. Louis as having really made contact with I him. feel like that's like the perfect destination. Yeah. All right. So uh, a few less familiar names that we need to get into. Um, I'm just going to run down this list real quick. This is way too many guys. Some of, I think I tried to limit this to guys that maybe Mizzou has some kind of connection with, or they've at least heard from the coaching staff to some extent. Um, we have Antonio Day Jr. from FIU, 17-point scorer as a junior. Uh, he actually listed a Final Four of Clemson, Arkansas, Pittsburgh, and Providence on March 15th. But then on March 19th, he said, never mind, his recruitment is wide open. Um, then we have Marcus Carr from Minnesota. Uh, he, had, he averaged 19 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds per game as a junior. He is actually going to enter his name in the NBA draft but uh, is also in the transfer portal kind of as a fallback if he doesn't like what he hears from the NBA. Um, I'm going to skip these two guys for now. Uh, Bayron Matos, uh, New Mexico, 6'9 forward, averaged 6 points, 4 rebounds per game. He has four years of eligibility remaining. Um, Marion Jackson from Toledo, 18 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists per game. Uh, he only has one year of eligibility remaining. He's a guard. Uh, Noah Gurley from Furman. Uh, he averaged 15 points, six rebounds, two assists. He's a six-eight forward, and he averaged 30 or he shot 37 percent from three on 100 attempts. He's got everybody on him. Yeah, he has <laughs> he two has, years. Has heard from Missouri, but he's heard from literally half of the Division One basketball as well. Then. Um, a couple guys that we are familiar with, but they're, they haven't 
it's not been reported that Missouri's reached out, but there's uh, previous interest, we'll say. Uh, and that's Adam Miller from Illinois and Rocket Watts from Michigan State. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, we talked about Rocket Watts a lot in the first, you know, 10 episodes of this podcast when we were recruiting him pretty hard. When we were. Oh, yeah. We personally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all of those guys um, have some kind of connection to Missouri, but they either um, haven't heard from Missouri this time around or have so many people after so many schools after them that seems like a long shot. Um, and there's a few clues that maybe a handful of other guys are at the top of Missouri's list. Um, one other guy I'll throw in here is Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech. He is just a really good player that just announced he was transferring like today. So that's worth reaching out. He lost his coach today. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, can you imagine? Not lost him like he died. but No. Can you imagine, though, like like your coach, for fans, really, not for like the players. I mean, it's always bad when your coach leaves, but probably the players don't mind as much where he ends up. But for the fans – if you're a Texas Tech fan and your guy who is like, you know, the best coach you've had since Bobby Knight, he just leaves you for Texas. Yeah, that's horrendous. That's horrendous. I don't like that at all. Chris Beard very well could have just hung on for another couple of weeks and gotten the UNC job, and it would have been like, uh, yeah, that makes all the sense. A lot in the world. less yeah. slimy to me, but well, they're not slimy, but. It's just weird. Like, I, did he attend Texas? I saw somewhere that he attended I the no University idea. of Texas. Why would but, you ever want to be the coach at Texas? For basketball. For I, for anything. I guess if you want to make money, but I mean that's literally the, like the only thing good that can come out of being a coach at Texas. Like one wrong move and like everybody hates you. Like literally, Shaka Smart just he was a three seed in this in this year's tournament and he was like escaping yeah, because yeah. he probably hated his life. Oh yeah. Um, he, Chris Beard was a manager at the University of Texas at Austin under Longhorns coach Tom Penders. I feel like a lot of people just want to, I don't know, get that big name coaching job on, under their belt. And then so Chris Beard will go to Texas and he'll be pretty good there. And then he'll leave after like four years and then he'll go back to somewhere on like the Texas Tech level and be really good again. You think? Probably. <laughs> That's what like a lot of people do, I feel like. Yeah. At a place like when they when they reach that, I don't know if Texas is the pinnacle necessarily. It's the pinnacle of like funding, but they get to that very that that mountain and they're like, All right, I'm here, I'm gonna make a lot of money and all the boosters are gonna hate me in a couple of years and my our team is only decent. Yeah. And then I'm gonna go be really good somewhere else where I have less pressure. Well, yeah, I mean what Shaka Smart's doing, I mean, is Exactly. Is, but his team was a three seed in yeah. the NCAA tournament. That's better than decent. Uh, Chris Beard, on March 27th, 2016, he accepted the head coaching job at UNLV. When Texas Tech head coaching job was made vacant by Tubby Smith's departure to Memphis, Beard took the Texas Tech job on April 15th, 2016, less than a month. So what you're telling me is he could still take the UNC job? He could. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Watch out for that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so, yeah, Kyler Edwards, very good player. Um, if he wants to come to Missouri, I would accept him in a heartbeat. Uh, some people think he might follow Chris Beard to Texas, which that makes sense. Um, since we're talking about Texas and Chris Beard and um, Shaka Smart, Tamar Bates was committed to 
so we're kind of all over the place here, but we're on Texas, so I'm going to stick with it. He's not a transfer. He committed to Texas. Mizzou was recruiting him. He was one of the top guys that they wanted this past uh, recruiting class, and he chose Texas. His coach left for Marquette. He is asking out of his commitment. That will be accepted, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And he's back on the market, and he's heard from several teams, including Missouri. It almost feels like a transfer at this point. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I would think Missouri would be right there in the thick of things. I like Missouri's chances. Do you? Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, close to home, well, kind of a his decision, this decision for him is going to be a pretty quick one, I think. He's going to have to make a decision and move on. Uh, he did say that he's going to wait till after this um, AAU tournament that he's in right now uh, before he really digs in. But I think after that, we could ex- expect something pretty quick. It is kind of worrisome that... Missouri already has five freshmen coming in, but um, Bates is a guy—a a guy that you—you gotta—if he wants to come, you gotta make room for him. I think. So now there's a handful of guys here that are transfers that make a lot of sense for Missouri that Missouri has reached out to, and um, I think you and I agree that they could pretty easily make their way to Columbia, um, just depends on if uh, one of the other suitors um, woos them better than Konzo is able to. And we'll start with Brandon McKissick. He is uh, played at UMKC. He averaged 17 points per game. He was a 40% three-point shooter for his career. He's originally from St. Louis, and he has one year of eligibility remaining. And it seems like he is Missouri's top transfer target at this point, and for good reason. Um, a guard that looks like he could basically come in and have the Drew Smith role day one and everything would be great. Yeah, I would love to get Brandon McKissick. And it seems like uh, the the rumor is that he was going to commit to Kansas yeah. pretty soon and they recruited over him and yeah. kind of pulled his offer. And so he had to kind of take a step back. and They pulled in a transfer and a, a fresh. traditional freshman recruit. Yep. And, I mean, that's understandable, I suppose. Uh, you know, Brandon McKissick is a immediate impact kind of guy. But, yeah, he's only, he only has one year of eligibility. So, But I with the position that Missouri's in, I mean, that just doesn't really matter to me. I think you just take him right. no matter what. Yeah. But uh, a guy that shot 43% from three last year, yeah, good grief. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that would look like 70% compared to Mizzou's <laughs> roster this past season. Yes. If if he did that for Missouri, we would be like, oh, you you were allowed to shoot this well from three. <laughs> yeah. We forgot that you were allowed. Yeah, uh, he's announcing tomorrow, which will be the day that probably most of you actually hear this episode. So, uh, I think Missouri's in the driver's seat here after what happened with Kansas. Um, I think it's down to Missouri and St. Louis. I, I think he ends up at Mizzou. We'll have our fingers crossed, and uh, we'll know very shortly whether he'll be coming to Missouri or not. Uh, another guard that Missouri's in on is Wendell Green Jr. Uh, he's transferring from Eastern Kentucky, averaged 16 points per game, shot 36% from three. He's originally from Detroit, Michigan, so there's a connection there with the Mizzou staff. And he has four years of eligibility. Um, a little on the shorter side compared to the big guards that Conzo's been recruiting to Missouri and has historically recruited in his coaching career, but uh, seems like Missouri wants this guy, and uh, I'm all for it. He is like 
a do-it-all guard. He plays good defense, doesn't turn the ball over, has is efficient from the floor, shoots okay from three, uh, finds his teammates well, gets to the free throw line, pretty much everything you want. Yeah, he averaged 16 points per game and five assists as a freshman. Yeah. I mean, that is... Most assists of any freshman in the country. Yeah, that's remarkable to be that involved um, in your team as a freshman. And uh, I, you may have already said this, but Conzo, I believe, recruited him a little bit in high school, but I don't think he ever ended up offering him. Right. So I wish he would have just sent him that offer. Yes, uh, and we wouldn't have to be dealing with this. But. Yes, but I, you know, that I definitely think that uh, Wendell Green Jr. is definitely uh, definitely possible that he can end up at Mizzou. Uh, they, they've got to fight off a few other um, Power Five programs. I think Auburn was one that I saw that was after him as well, but. Um, yeah, I think he's like 5'10", 5'11", so yeah, he's not like optimum height, but sometimes just talent can supersede like kind of not ideal yeah. measurables. Yeah, that wouldn't concern me at all. If he was a little bit taller, I'd be, you know, he'd probably be looking at Kansas and <laughs> there Kentucky you, and Duke and <laughs> all those other places. Uh, then let's see here. I've got Christian Bishop, who just recently announced he was transferring from Creighton. Uh, it's a familiar name. Missouri recruited him back in the day. Uh, he's a six-seven forward, originally from Lee Summit, and uh, when he became available, he jumped pretty much right to the top of my personal list as far as guys I hope end up at Missouri. Um, especially just looking at the way Creighton used him this past season, he actually played the five spot for them most of the time, and um, he and Ryan Kalkbrenner were the two guys that kind of played that post position. And if uh, he, he does, he's not, he's not a three point shooter. Uh, so he doesn't really stretch the floor like that, but he's just a, a crafty undersized guy that just, he plays like a big man, even though he's undersized and uh, he can handle the ball a bit. And where he's really versatile is on defense. He can guard uh, the five, the four, the three. And so if, you know, Conzo's talked about wanting positionless basketball in the past. And I think uh, Christian Bishop makes a lot of sense and, uh, he's a guy that you could um, he'd be able to post to one of those coming home uh, posts on Instagram with go. the Mizzou Photoshop and I would be all over that uh, how would you compare him to like a Kevin Perrier uh, less of a three-point shooter than than Kevin Perrier was um, I think he's probably more athletic than Perrier and just like quicker and a little bouncier longer yeah, arms has more defensive versatility than Perrier did Perrier was kind of like stuck at he can only guard the four and he's undersized for SEC post play. So he had to get creative with his offensive game. Um, Bishop is undersized, but he's just athletic enough to make it a mismatch. Are you signing up for him? Uh, for, yeah, I would absolutely. I'd be thrilled about that. Uh, who else do we have here that we haven't talked about? Anybody in one, particular? One guy I think we forgot to add to our list that I just realized is uh, Jariah Horn. I don't think we talked about him before. He actually committed to Tulsa. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, transferred from – so this is kind of crazy. He was at Tulsa previously. I was going to say, isn't that where he was? He was at Tulsa, transferred for uh, – what, what do you call it? A grad transfer grad to transfer. Colorado. Yes, where he was pretty decent there. Yep. And he's originally from Missouri the state of Missouri and then so yeah it made sense like yeah Conzo should be on him but then he used his COVID 
transfer eligibility to go back to Tulsa. Is Frank Haith still there? Yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He just wanted to go back to Frank Haith's loving embrace. I I mean, yeah. Seems like a nice guy. He probably is a nice loving embrace. Frank Haith has his way with the, you know, he has has a way with transfers. Yeah. And players that have played for him just really do seem to love him. Even the ones that leave him just keep coming back. Um, yeah, no, that was a guy that I definitely would have had towards the top of my list as far as guys I wanted, but, uh, yeah, he ended up at Tulsa. Uh, Missouri did reach out to Tyson Walker, uh, transfer from Northeastern, but he quickly, uh, committed to Michigan state. He was one of the better transfers in general available in the whole country. So, um, we've thrown a lot of names at you uh dear listener uh we went through all the players leaving returning the incoming freshmen the transfer that we have committed and then the possible additions so kyle if you've got four open spots to fill you don't have to fill them all what is your wish list that you think is somewhat reasonable for those four spots and part of your wish list can be leaving the fourth one empty um all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick three that would be at the top of my wish list. I'm gonna throw in one that is probably not quite realistic, but uh, I would say probably at the top of my list is Brandon McKissick. Um, one year of eligibility, but I think he just pr- provides an immediate spark that we need, like in a way that we need it, like a d- good shooter, good size for a guard. So give me Brandon McKissick. Uh, give me Wendell Green Jr. Um, four years of eligibility and has already in a basically in a year that doesn't count uh has shown that he can be the guy for a team so kind of the sky's the limit honestly for wendell green in my opinion for how what he can what kind of stats he can put up in four years of college if he's already doing this in year one uh and give me christian bishop as a a guy who is a little bit different that than we've had in the post but i i think he probably would play the five potentially at mizzou um i'm assuming he would probably beat out Yaya Kita for the five spot and take over for Jeremiah Tillman. Uh, Mizzou might have to get a little creative with their lineups, but I think it'd be okay. And if we, well, spoiler alert, I agree with you on Christian Bishop, but if we uh, if we have any confidence that Jordan Wilmore can contribute next year, then there's a uh, you know there's your size at the five. Yeah, there you go. And so if it, you could actually look at Creighton with Kalkbrenner and Bishop this past season. Um, as far as having a traditional seven footer and then Bishop, you know, being that smaller five. Yeah. So and yeah, go ahead. my, my fourth that I would probably, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of guys in this list I'd be happy to have. And honestly, there's probably more guys that haven't even announced yet that we, that I may want to get on at some point. But, uh, I would say Adam Miller from Illinois. Um, I don't think it's it would be like insane if he came to Mizzou. He's, not, he's originally from Peoria, I think. I think so. Yeah. And he was a big time recruit coming out of high school too. But I don't think it would be like mind blowing necessarily if he, if he wanted to come to Mizzou. But I do think he's going to have better options. But he's just uh, he averaged eight point three points per game and shot well from three. I mean that's what he's known for is being a good three point shooter. Has still three or four years of eligibility left. Would I mean? I mean, scoring eight points a game on that Illinois team with how many weapons they had, that's still pretty good. And honestly, I'm a little bit shocked that he's leaving um, just because I think that he would have a lot of opportunities to score a lot next year. But so that that would be probably like my most like unrealistic one. But man, I would be ecstatic if we could get Adam Miller. Okay, so I'm using all four spots on my 
wish list and I'll start it with Tamar Bates. I know that creates a six man incoming freshman class, but at this point with the way college basketball works, um, I think, and, and there was not everybody can play. Yeah. Well, there was news today that the NCAA is going to vote on a permanent one time per player transfer rule where they can transfer one time, uh, and not have to sit out. So if that becomes the new normal, then I think we're going to see, um, transfer portals like this year i mean maybe not quite this much but going forward it's going to be just uh you know open season for which, transfers which honestly with how many spots mizzou has open this year i think this has been kind of a blast honestly yeah. i think it's been really fun yeah and it may not be this fun every year but and it may it, it, this might be the most fun it is when we can think about the good players that might come and we may be disappointed but uh right now we're not disappointed yet the uh, yes the opportunity is exciting but (laughs) we'll see how it goes so give me tamar bates in that six man uh freshman class and then you know see who sticks see who doesn't like that they they, in the five man class that we have right now not all of them are going to end their career at missouri like I, i would take anybody's bet on that uh so add him there and that uh helps alleviate some of the stress of kind of night not getting the top guys in the state lately and then the other three i have um i'm copying you uh with brandon mckissick window green jr and christian bishop i um talked enough about why i think bishop makes a lot of sense Uh, i'm a sucker for that coming home uh graphic uh, on instagram uh man that reunion worked well for jordan barnett oh yeah Uh, i mean there's there's so many guys that leave the state of missouri and yeah, in, in today's age, you've got a second chance on a lot of these guys that leave. But Brandon McKissick and Wendell Green, I think that's the perfect combination of a one-year grad transfer type player to come in and just like shore up the guard position. And then Green, a guy that will come in and have four years of eligibility and basically becoming a part of the incoming freshman class. Mm-hmm. And um, having him and Brookshire in the backcourt for the next four years, that sounds perfect sounds fun yeah so that's my wish list and honestly we've done a few different wish lists for uh like recruiting classes and even transfer classes on this podcast and this maybe is the most realistic one that i've put together seems like it's doable yeah i agree it's exciting times it uh, is fun it really is i just thought of something else that i was going to ask you about but now i can't remember go on if you have something else to say That's it. I, that just I ran out of thoughts right at the, oh, at the wrong moment. Dang, that's too bad. <laughs> no, I, I I think uh like I said earlier, some people are really just wanting to jump all over Conzo for players leaving and maybe there is I don't know. Maybe there's something to be concerned about why so many players are leaving, but I think that you can very legitimately make the case for why pl- players want to leave and why it's totally fine for them to do so and I think we can really upgrade the whole roster if, if things go well for us here in this free agency period if you will but uh i don't know there's just there's so much yet to be seen that i'm just i'm not going to criticize Kanto over over what's happened yet yeah you got to wait and see and what i was what i was going to mention there was regarding post play and i think if if Kanto doesn't grab a big man that looks ready to compete or ready to compete for minutes day one and contribute 
then I think that has to say something about his confidence in Wilmore. And whether we've seen it as fans or not, um, if if Wilmore's not ready to play, then what are you? What are we doing at the post next season? It's a great question. There's nothing there, and I mean Yaya Kita coming off of ACL hasn't played basketball in a while. Like I don't yeah, know. Can see Kobe Brown at the five, <laughs> which maybe that's not the worst thing. But you need some shooters out there with him if you're going to do that. Yeah, and we don't, don't have lo- that yet. I don't love that. So well, I don't want to think about that, Cameron. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think the uh, the the place where we could see a name appear in the next couple of weeks that is completely off the radar right now um, is at the post or maybe like a a bigger forward who uh, can play the four or the five. Yeah, um, that's where I could see somebody emerge that we haven't talked about yet, and then that might be a, a quick uh, deal. You know, if a name comes out and or we don't even really know the name until they're announcing. Uh, that they're coming to Missouri. So maybe be on the lookout for that. When it comes to guards, I think we've talked about everybody that Missouri really wants to get. If they don't end up with Bates, McKissick, or Green, then they're potentially looking at backup, backup options yeah. on the transfer market. So we don't want to get to that point. No. Yeah, that is the thing. Is It's it's exciting, but we kind of have to hit on some guys for it to really – I don't know, for it to continue to be exciting. Have you heard about this kid, uh, Parker Fox? Uh, I, I have heard his name, yeah, how he's, he's, he's a, a D2, D2 guy. D2 player from Minnesota, I think, played Division Two basketball at, in South Dakota. Most people think he's going to end up at Minnesota, uh, but I watched some of his highlights, and he's really fun to watch. He averaged like 26 points per game mm. this past season Jeez. at his D2 school, and he's like incredibly athletic, just like dunking on everybody. He had 80 dunks this season. Oh, my gosh. Which is more than uh, Kofi Coburn had at Illinois. And he was dunking a lot of basketballs. Uh, not to bring up Kansas, I guess, again, but they didn't they take a D2 guy? They did, yeah. I, I, don't, forget, I don't remember his name. Cam but Martin yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's, that's a jump. I mean, as much as you hate Kansas, that's, that is a jump from D2 to Kansas. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, it's too bad he won't be successful because Kansas yeah. is going to be awful it, next year. Hey, it's crazy what happens whenever you don't have that money coming in anymore, right? True. Got to settle for D2, guys. <laughs> yep. Yeah, couldn't be us. All right, well, that's a lot That's a lot of players we talked about. That's a lot of roster turn, turnover. It's going to be a brand new season next year. It's going to be fun, I hope. Hopefully there's a Mizzou madness that we can go to and see all these, these fresh faces. I, I'd be down. Hopefully COVID's gone by then. Man, I can only hope. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all I got for the folks. Um, let's see, it's been a little while since I've done this. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Mizzou Sports Pod, And you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our shirts and our stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. After commit.